0: Welcome back to another episode of Consciously Clueless. I'm your host, Carly, and I'll be your guide on this journey from consciousness to cluelessness and back around again. On today's solo episode, I'm going to be covering a really heavy but important topic. I am going to dive into how to be an ally or supporter for a victim of sexual assault. If that is triggering for you, or will be hard to listen to, maybe this isn't the episode for you, but if you can, I really encourage you to listen to know how to support others in your life who might be dealing with this very issue. Here we go. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? By now, you all know that therapy is an important part of my own self-care. It has truly been a game changer in every aspect of my life, including achieving goals. BetterHelp is the largest online therapy platform worldwide. They are changing the way people get help with facing life's challenges by providing convenient, discreet, and affordable access to a licensed therapist. BetterHelp makes professional therapy available anytime, anywhere, through a computer, tablet, or smartphone you can start communicating within 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. And I have a special offer for Consciously Clueless listeners. Visit betterhelp.com slash Carly and join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. By using this code, you get 10% off your first month. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash C-A-R-L-Y. Take care of yourself today. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. So in the last interview episode with Nisha Fair and in the upcoming interview episode with Lisa Erickson, I'm very excited for you all to hear. Both of these women have talked extensively about trauma and processing trauma, moving through trauma, whether that be energetically, whether it be mentally, spiritually, physically, both of these interviews focused on how to heal. And given that, I wanted to create some space on this podcast for a conversation about how to support people in your life that may disclose this or may be going through this. I myself am a survivor, and we'll be talking about my own experience in another episode. But today, I want to focus on how to support people. So before we get into how to be an ally for survivors, I want to talk about the scope of the issue, and I also want to take a second to talk about why I say survivors. Oftentimes, we see the language being victims of sexual assault or rape but I will be using the term survivors because that is exactly what we are. Many of you might not know that I worked for years as a sexual assault and dating violence advocate. And I learned so much from the people that I worked with. It was truly an honor and a privilege. And a lot of what I learned is how to continue to show up and support people in the different ways that they may need if they are a survivor of sexual assault. I don't want to use too much time to just throw statistics your way, but I do think it is important to remind ourselves of the scope of the problem and how much of a problem it is. So these statistics all came from rain.org. I will put them in the show notes for you in case you want to reference them yourself. Rain stands for Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, and they are an amazing resource, not only for statistics, but for how to get someone help, how to get yourself help, counseling, training, public policy information, how to help. It's just, it's a really amazing resource. So every 68 Seconds. Think about that. Every 68 seconds, another American is sexually assaulted. One out of every six American women, and oftentimes that statistic is one out of five, has been the victim of an attempted or completed rape in her lifetime. One out of every six American women. About 3% of American men, or 1 in 33, have experienced an attempted or completed rape in their lifetime. We know that underreporting is so high in these types of crimes that both of those numbers are higher, and especially the statistic around men, we know that that is higher than what is reported because of all the factors that keep men quiet in our society. It has to do with masculinity, looking weak, needing help, all those things, leads men to underreport as well. Those statistics are ones that we probably hear the most. They're the ones that we hear a lot, the one in six or the one in 33. If you work in these fields, you've heard that a lot. But what's important is that we have to really dig into the data to see that that's just a kind of blanket statistic. When we go into what populations are disproportionately affected, You start to see that vulnerable populations, and by vulnerable, I mean vulnerable because of our societal injustice and the systems that are put in place to keep people down. There are people that are disproportionately affected, even worse than the statistics I already rattled off. People with disabilities, people a part of the queer community, specifically trans folks, people of color they are all more likely to become victims of sexual assault or rape. Take a deep breath if you're still listening to the episode because that's a lot. Those numbers are scary. If you yourself are a survivor, these aren't shocking. If you're not, and if this isn't something that you've thought about or confronted much, these numbers can be really scary. Given the prevalence of this in our society, and it's not just in the United States where I'm located. This is a worldwide problem. But given these numbers, I can guarantee you someone in your life is a survivor. Someone in your life has survived sexual assault or rape. Given that, I think we need more tools on how to be supportive for those people. Especially if it's not our experience, it can be hard to know what to do. So first of all, let's say that someone in your life discloses to you that they are a survivor. What do you do? It can be really overwhelming. You might be shocked. You might be pissed. You might be everything else and more. But what's important in that initial moment is to remain calm. Because if you express all of those emotions to the person sitting in front of you, they might not want to keep going. And it probably already took a lot to share. This should go without saying, but I have to highlight it. Believe the survivor. You need to make it clear that you are validating their experience and that you believe them. Because we live in a culture that, that casts shadows of disbelief on survivors all the time. Validate what they're saying. I hear you. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Give that person control. What happens when someone is assaulted is that the control is taken away from them. Empower that person to make decisions about what steps to do next. Maybe this person is telling you this, and you're the first person they've told, and it is either new or maybe it's 10 years ago. Either way, if you're the first person they're talking to, you might want to ask. Do you need any support from me, or are you getting the support you need? Is this something you have worked on, or do you need help with figuring out what to do? Don't try and go into problem-solving mode. Similarly to an episode I did on how to support someone with depression, don't go into problem-solving mode. Ask what they need. Continue to give that person the control. Be there for that person to express a lot of different emotions, especially if that is not something you've ever experienced. It might be confusing to know that this person doesn't seem angry. Maybe they don't seem angry and you think they should be. That's not up to you. You have to allow that person to lead the moment. Try not to make any... Suggestions or comments about what you would do to the person that hurt them. It might make them feel unsafe and it might feel like maybe they shouldn't be telling you because you're going to focus on that and you're not going to focus on them. And the survivor needs to feel like they are the ones in charge. Maintain confidentiality. If someone is telling you this, it is a big freaking deal. It takes a lot. So you have to keep that in, and you have to let that person decide who they're going to tell. You can encourage them, of course, to get help. You can have a number, or you can help them look up resources in the area. But remember that that's their decision. If you are like me, you're probably wanting to give that person a hug but if a survivor tells you that they were assaulted, they might have some issues with physical touch. Ask if it's okay for you to physically comfort them. Can I hold your hand as you talk to me? Do you want a hug? That can reestablish again that sense of control for the survivor, and that is so crucial. Remember that you need to say things that you can guarantee. Don't make promises to someone that you really can't keep. Don't tell someone, you'll never be hurt again, or we're going to get that person in jail. You don't know what the outcome will be, so don't say things that you really can't uphold. Also, do not ever try to force someone to report. That is their journey. That is their decision. That is not yours to make. Even if you are so pissed, even if you know who did it, who hurt them, and you want to see action, that is not for you to decide as the person that they are disclosing to. I can tell you firsthand as an advocate how hard that was. Working on a college campus, knowing who some of these perpetrators were, and not being able to do anything because it wasn't my place, it was only the place of the survivors that trusted me. Now remember that maybe someone is telling you this and it happened years and years ago. Maybe they're telling you because it feels like it's something they need you to know about them. For many of us, being a survivor comes with a lifelong journey of healing and learning. And sometimes that comes out sideways. Sometimes you're triggered and you didn't even realize it. There have been moments where I've shared with people in my life because I just realized it was time or it was something I wanted to share to help explain something else that had happened. That's okay. That is absolutely okay. If they are telling you that and they just want to share and say, I don't need anything else. I just needed you to know. That's all right. You might have a million follow-up questions. But if today is not the day they share that, or maybe it's never, we have to accept that as people who are calling ourselves allies. Something that can be really helpful if you are close to the person who disclosed this to you is to educate yourself. Listening to this podcast or looking up resources, figure out how you can be an ally in a way that makes sense to you. This list that I'm sharing with you in this podcast is a really, really good start. But sometimes it's good to dive into resources on our own that may be unique to the situation. Google is your best friend. Start there because there are so many amazing places and resources online, specifically from survivors themselves. Listen to stories from survivors themselves on what other survivors need. Remember to honor that person's recovery because... Like I said in the beginning, healing is a lifelong journey. Whatever you've been through, healing is a lifelong journey. And sometimes you may be dealing with it really well and you don't really think about it every day. And other times it's on your mind constantly and you just can't get rid of it. That is a part of it. And to support someone like that is just to validate that that's normal and to validate that that's okay and to not make that person feel bad. For not having fully quote unquote recovered in a certain amount of time. Now, if you offer all this support and someone says, okay, thanks, I that's it, although I, I don't I don't really want to talk anymore. That's okay. They set that boundary. What you can do is continue to extend invitations to someone. You don't have to do it daily or every minute, but if it feels relevant, just reminding that person. Just so you know, if you ever need to talk to me again about some of the things you've shared, I'm still here and I'm still willing to listen. I have worked with many survivors who have said they remember the people that continued to reach out, that continued to say, hey, just so you know, I'm here. Not pushing, not forcing any sort of communication about it, but just the reminders of, hey, I'm still here. It's okay if you're not talking about it today, but... If you need to, I'm here. Now, I went through this list pretty quickly to give you a surface-level idea of how to be there for someone, but if you need more support or resources on how to support someone, please never hesitate to reach out to me. This is really important to me, and it has been for a really long time, and I always want to make sure people have the information they need, whether it's to be an ally or it's to heal themselves. And don't forget that if you're being the support person for someone who's telling you about this experience, you have to take care of yourself too. Secondary trauma is what we experience sometimes when someone shares a traumatic event with us. We can have emotions and triggers and feelings just by hearing that as well. So take care of yourself in whatever self-care ways you have because it'll be really important to show up for yourself in these times so you can best show up for the person that is trusting you. If you or someone you know is a survivor of sexual assault or rape and you need support, you can get 24-7 help at 800-656-HOPE. That's 800-656-4673. Or if you're not ready to talk to somebody on the phone, you can go to rain.org, that's R-A-I-N-N.org, to live chat with someone who can talk you through whatever you're going through. Take care of yourselves, and I look forward to hearing from you about this episode. Thanks for listening to another episode of Consciously Clueless. If you enjoyed this episode, hit subscribe wherever you're listening. If that's somewhere like Apple Podcasts, leave a review and you could be read on air as the review of the week. Looking for more podcast content, yoga videos, meditations, and all-around amazing community? Head over to patreon.com slash consciouslycarly and check out what's going on. And finally, if you are ready to make changes in your life, don't really know where to begin, let's work together. Head over to consciouslycarly.com and we can start the process and get you happy. Until next time.